Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, we hope you enjoy this repeat broadcast. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Today we want to begin looking at a book that was written by Tad R. Callister. It's titled The Infinite Atonement, and we should mention that Tad Callister is a pretty popular author in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His career was being a lawyer. He was a lawyer for 34 years. He served in the LDS Presidency of the Seventy until he was honorably released from that position in 2014, and then he went on to serve as the Sunday School General President. So just to give you an idea of his credentials, this is a man who you would assume does seem to have an understanding of Mormonism, and the reason why we wanted to look at his book, The Infinite Atonement, even though it was written in the year 2000, You might say, 2,000, good grief, I've had kids, they're all grown and married by now. But the fact is, even though this book was written in the year 2000, it is still pretty popular. What are the ratings on Amazon for this book, Eric? Well, it has over 400 reviews, and more than 90% of them are five stars. In fact, there's not one review under three stars. So apparently a lot of Mormons have gone on and registered their idea of what they think about this book. And it's still very popular at the time of this recording. It's rated 35,000 on Amazon, which actually is really good. If you have a book that's that old being rated so highly, under 100,000 is considered to be decent. And so there are a lot of people who are buying this. If you go to a Deseret Bookstore, it was published by Deseret Books, it's going to be featured still so many years later. Now here's the question that I have. Why would so many members of the LDS Church write so favorably about this book, because when you and I look at what Mr. Callister has to say about his view of the atonement, which, by the way, folks, is a pretty traditional understanding if you're a Mormon. It's a very traditional Mormon understanding of the atonement. And that being the case, why would so many Latter-day Saints seem to speak of it so highly? Because what we have found when we study books like this their traditional understanding of the atonement, while certainly not a biblical understanding of the atonement, does seem to fit what we would call an impossible gospel. And if a Mormon can't really get the benefits of what they think the atonement offers, why in the world would they write so favorably about a book as this? I guess that's what I'm asking. Why would they do that? Well, in their mind, they read through there, and it has a promising title, The Infinite Atonement. It sounds very gracious to people to be able to receive The Infinite Atonement. Let me just read you a couple of the five-star reviews on Amazon. This one is from DL, and he says, I've read this book twice, and I can't believe how many questions it has answered for me. It answered questions that have been in the back of my mind for years. This is not a book you can read from cover to cover in a couple days and digest it all. It is deep and simple at the same time. It should be essential reading for any and every Christian. And another reader writes this, 
This book has completely transformed my husband and changed his heart. He struggled with pornography for 20 years and is a completely different person. He has spiritually awakened, and now he's a spiritual leader in our home. I'm reading the book next. Okay, so that's great. That's good news that her husband put away the pornography. But the question that I would like to ask, well, has your husband put away all the other smaller things, quote unquote, that are still necessary in order to achieve the benefits of the Mormon atonement? Here's what I found striking. The foreword is written by former BYU professor Robert L. Millett. Robert L. Millett was a very prominent Mormon apologist. I give him that title without any reservations because he wrote a lot of books on doctrine pertaining to the LDS Church. And while he was very prominent for many years, he was often touted by his proponents as being one Mormon who seemed to be more evangelical in his views. In fact, I was even cautioned one time about citing anything that Robert Millett had written before, let's say, 1998, because I was told that Millett had changed his views substantially in years afterwards. Now, I don't believe that. I've read enough of Robert Millett's books to know that he's very traditional in a lot of understandings. But the fact that Robert L. Millett wrote the foreword to this book makes me think that all these claims that Robert L. Millett is somehow coming towards a more evangelical consensus are, are certainly unfounded. Now, maybe Robert L. Millett would like to come out and publicly say that he no longer believes a lot of the things that are written in this book. I've not seen him renounce any of those things in, in recent years. But there are a lot of things that are in this book that I think are worthy of note. If nothing else, to just show you folks that traditional Mormonism, by the mere fact that this is a very popular book among many members of the LDS Church, even to this very day, shows that traditional Mormonism is very much alive. And for any of you that are out there thinking that the church is changing, perhaps you need to read this book. Because if you do, you will see that really nothing has changed. This is a man who has had great authority in the church and is well-respected by not only, I think, the LDS membership, but I think the leaders of this church, and it's still being sold at Deseret. Well, we should mention that if you look in the book on the title page where it gives the copyright date of 2000, it also says on there, first printing in leather bound, 2006. Folks, Deseret Book, which is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, does not often take books and put them in a leather binding unless they have some significant clout or some significant worth to the membership of the LDS Church. We're going to spend some time reviewing this book, but I think what we need to do right now, Bill, is set the plate for what exactly Mormonism is talking about when it talks about the atonement. In fact, this is what Callister says on page two. He says, the atonement of Jesus Christ is the most supernal, mind-expanding, passionate doctrine this world or universe will ever know. And on page four, he writes, the atonement of Jesus Christ outweighs, surpasses, and transcends every other mortal event, every new discovery, and every acquisition of knowledge. For without the atonement, all else in life is meaningless. He uses the word supernal. And that immediately made me think of Mormon apostle Bruce McConkie. McConkie liked to use right. that word. And I should mention, he cites Bruce McConkie 
who died in the mid-1980s, numerous times throughout this book, which I found fascinating because many modern Latter-day Saints, they don't really like Bruce McConkie's writings. And I think probably because he was so blunt. And I personally don't think that Bruce McConkie had an original idea in his head. He often quoted his own father-in-law, Joseph Fielding Smith, and he often cited Joseph F. Smith and things like that. If you read his book, Mormon Doctrine, he's often citing other people in that book. But Bruce McConkie, again, was very traditional in his understanding of Mormonism. He was not at all what you might call a Mormon progressive. And yet here we have Callister citing McConkie throughout this work. You and I, Eric, are usually very cautious to quote McConkie because we know that a lot of Latter-day Saints don't respect him any longer. Now, I think they're probably misguided because I think McConkie was a very good example of very traditional Mormonism, and he was very clear in what he believed. But it's interesting that while we have a lot of modern Latter-day Saints who tend to snub McConkie, Callister doesn't seem to have that problem. Let's take a closer look at what the word atonement means. And I'm going to read out of a review that is on our website, mrm.org slash the infinite atonement. And there's hyphens between each of those three words, the infinite atonement on the slash after mrm.org. And this is what I wrote. The word atonement comes from the Old Testament and can be found throughout the Pentateuch. The Jews acknowledge the day of atonement on the 10th day of the seventh month with fasting and humiliation as the nation sought forgiveness of their sins. It was a reminder that sinful humans do not have the ability to appease God on their own. And then I cite out of Nelson's New Illustrated Bible Encyclopedia, and this is what it says. The high priest who officiated on this day first sanctified himself by taking a ceremonial bath and putting on white garments. That's from Leviticus 16.4. Then he had to make atonement for himself and other priests by sacrificing a bullock. That's from Numbers 29.8. God was enthroned on the mercy seat in the sanctuary, but no person could approach it except through the mediation of the high priest who offered the blood of sacrifice. After sacrificing a bullock, the high priest chose a goat for sin offering and sacrificed it. Then he sprinkled its blood on and about the mercy seat. That's from Leviticus 16. Finally, the scapegoat bearing the sins of the people was sent into the wilderness. The scapegoat symbolized the pardon for sin brought through the sacrifice. And that comes right from Galatians chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians 5. When you take a look at the way that the atonement was labeled in the Old Testament. And then you see how Jesus is the one who brings about the atonement for the New Testament. And the book of Hebrews is the best source we can go to when it comes to understanding how Jesus fulfilled what the sacrificial system was so that we could have atonement with God. Let us capsulize it like this before we close this show, because both traditions— the LDS tradition and what we would call a traditional Christian understanding of the atonement. We both have the same word. We both have the same type of doctrine. But folks, what makes it so different is where did the atonement take place? What does it actually offer to the member of the LDS church as opposed to what does it offer us as Christians? And is it possible to receive the benefit of the atonement as a Latter-day Saint as opposed to as a Bible-believing Christian. In those three areas, you're going to find some significant differences. So just because a Latter-day Saint may say, well, we have a doctrine of the atonement, 
this would be one of those areas where it would be absolutely essential if you hope to communicate properly with your LDS counterpart is to ask them, what specifically do you mean by the atonement? Where did the atonement take place? What do you benefit from this atonement? And is it possible to receive those benefits? Let me wrap this up by giving you a story from Corey Miller that I think makes sense and is exactly what you're talking about, Bill. The Christian asks the Mormon, let me ask you a personal question. Do you have a mom? And the Mormon says, yes, of course. The Christian says, I do too. Can you spell that? The Mormon says, uh, M-O-M, Christian. No way. I spell it the same way. Maybe we have the same mom. Can you spell it backward? Mormon says, M-O-M. Christian, surely we have the same mom because it is spelled the same way. That only illustrates the fact that we need to go beyond a mere word that both traditions may use and ask more specific questions when we are engaging with the Latter-day Saint. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. All of us at Mormonism Research Ministry want to wish you and yours a joyous Christmas season as we remember the miraculous birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, who came into this world to save his people from their sins. If Viewpoint on Mormonism has been a blessing to you, would you consider a generous year-end gift to help further the efforts of Mormonism Research Ministry? Please know that your tax-deductible gift to MRM is very much appreciated, and we humbly thank you for your kind support.